And welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy? I, I had a, a backbreaking experience today. Of, I, I had to shovel snow for three hours to get uh, Emily's car. Oh, <laughs> man. Look so at I, that. Uh, I'm aching all over. It I, was, uh, it I, I have to tell you, that is an image i cannot picture <laughs> i cannot if i tried to conjure that <laughs> but i'm proud of you you did a you oh did a God. man's work today that's well that's we good. were yeah and the problem was is i don't we i don't think either of us knew this but she was on the side of the street that the plows shovel the snow to when they come through <laughs> so it was like double snow brutal because it was all the snow from the other side yeah that side. so it was like a true it was harrowing uh and also i'll get into this but I was listening to our <laughs> topic while <laughs> snow, feeling like the craziest yes, fucking person. I ever. definitely want to get into this. And uh, I do want to say I'm, I feel lucky that I'm in a situation. I thought I was going to have to go to the dentist and drive my car. And then uh, the office was closed and they did not tell me why. I'll get into this later. But um, <laughs> uh, I luckily normally when it snows like this my method is to wait until the snow melts completely wait, to touch wait the car until spring time. yes <laughs> i let my car hibernate um, <laughs> and that's good for it um we have a wonderful guest today uh the carnivore of comedy herself uh Brittany carney <laughs> is here uh how are you Hello. Brittany? hi thank you for having me uh Tom and Tommy. I'm, I'm fine. Wait, I have a question for both of you that I just realized occurred to me now. Have either have either or both of you been called Thomas in your lives? Oh, yeah. I grew up as uh, I, I was Thomas until one day in fifth grade. I had a uh, just a, a moment of panic where the teacher asked me my name <laughs> and I was like, now's my chance to change it all. And I just said Tom, and I didn't tell my family I did this. So for years, there was this weird thing where my family was calling me Thomas, and then they heard my friends call me Tom, and they were like, what the fuck's that all about? And I had to admit to the double life I'd been leading all along. I never was Thomas. I think I was always, I was Tommy from day one, because my, my grandpa, my dad's dad was Tom. So that was the Tom in the family, and I was the Tommy. And Thomas okay. was just never on the table at all. Wow, I wanted to be Tommy so bad because of really? Tommy Pickles. I, no I really. You ever, you know, oh no, I thought you said Thomas. I have no interest in Thomas. No, I, I didn't want to be Thomas at all. I hated Thomas, but uh, yeah, I wanted to be Tommy because of Tommy Pickles, and there was always a Tommy in my class already, so I couldn't pull it off. Yeah, Thomas is kind of hard, huh? Like I was going to ask you, like, do you ever feel like a Thomas? But Thomas is so formal or British, mm -hmm. very so British. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, the only options. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really um, know why they went with Thomas. I mean, I know why my name was Thomas because I was named after my uncle uh, whose name was Tom. But uh, I don't know why they. Uh, go ahead, Tommy, say it. I mean, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Shout out to your Uncle Tom, <laughs> whether he's in this realm or not. He was a race trader, and uh, no, 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 yeah, uh, no, uh, I was named after him. I could just see it in your eyes that you had to... <laughs> But yeah, so uh, 
yeah. But when I think of Thomas, it's like it just feels like a very weird name to me. I don't, I don't know. It feels very quiet. I'm supposed to be like, I don't know. It's just what my mom calls me, so I think of it like that. Mm. But right, Tom. What all the about way. you, Britt? Were you, Britt? Were you ever Britt? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Britt? <laughs> just go with it. Did you ever go by Brittany, Britt? Um, I have like a with my name. Actually, I've kind of Tom. I I have kind of like a what do you call it? like it's almost opposite of what your experience. So like my okay. So my parents tell me that when I was born, that I just like didn't have a name for three days. Like when I was just you know the baby. <laughs> sure. And then they and then they were debating between three names, and the three names are uh, my name and Corinne. Which I feel like I could pass. Yeah, you could pull off Corinne. I could pass as a Corinne. And the other one, because I was born in Japan, was Yukiko, which means like snow child. And I'm my birthday's in February. Ah. So but th- those, yeah, those were the three options on deck. I think that if I were actually named Yukiko, that I would have had a pretty confusing. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would have been okay. The thing. Okay. So the thing about my name is that um, my dad, without fail, to this day, in my 32nd year of life, always calls me uh, Brittany. Like, <laughs> really hard to. Yeah. Like, and then my mom, I think, in at some point, it, her version of it changed to like, she will call me Brittany if she's mad at me. Mm-hmm. And this applies to now. So I'm, but that said, like, and I have several of my relatives call me Brittany, but I have never been able to introduce myself as a Brittany. I just think it's too, well, it's too formal. It's too British. I do. Would you prefer it? No, but uh, uh, no, okay. Okay. Cause I, I would do it. I'll call you Brittany. If, if, if you're happy no, with that, I don't like that. I think <laughs> I do want to say Snow Child is what Tommy was actually trying to find today when he was using the shovel, and he used he used his girlfriend's car as a as an excuse. But he was like, "I've been hearing about these snow children that I, I had one of the lunkers' helmet on. <laughs> that won't help you with the car." Like, oh, don't worry. She's like, "I don't need to go anywhere, Tommy. Shut up." <laughs> um, no, there was a period in my twenties where I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to play with." saying the t like more like Brittany, but it just doesn't feel real it feels like there's too many syllables it feels pretentious and like um i don't know i don't really need more weird things so i mean other than that name <laughs> i do I just, think if you identify as a Brittany, like go for it and go off yeah i think that if you're Brittany, you could pull off being a one name comic like you could just cut the last name oh you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know. It's like a lot. There's like a, what with like a little T. The T seems like it's kind of like a soft consonant as they go, but it's still consonant after all. So it adds like, it like substantiates that first name. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Brett. Okay, so I have this like trauma related to Brett because <laughs> I feel like my high school teach my high school gym teacher just in PA, like just shouted Brit. And as I was like getting hit by the dodgeball thing, and so, like, <laughs> like, look alert, look alert Brit. So I really don't like Brit that much. Sure. Okay. Call me it. And if you do, that's okay. But then in college, my friends call me like Britty. Ooh, Britty. Yeah. That's fun. All right. Uh, I like, a, I like a Britty. I do. Yeah. I want to talk. Uh, so uh, speaking of fun names, Raffi is who we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. And it does rhyme with Daffy, and with a name like that, you have to get into <laughs> entertainment. 
And that's a thing I heard him say on a podcast right before I it was started. Are you serious? Yeah. my whole life. Uh, he said uh, with a name that it, rhymes with Daffy, uh, I I have to be entertaining. And then he gave a hearty chuckle. Um, Wait, that's funny. Because I just read that. Like, that's what he thought. Um, did, so did you pick up on this that his dad named him after an Armenian author, author? Or whatever, right? I did yeah. not. I knew he was Armenian, but I did not know uh, the history of his name. So anyway, that's funny. I wonder how, like, I wonder whether he's, maybe maybe it's like me, like he, all his life, he was like, I'm Rafi, but actually his dad called him Rafi. Yeah. He's like, actually, I like Rafifi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the old uh, venue in New York. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I remember the old days of Rafifi. It was all <laughs> Kroll and us just hanging out. Um, but we were, so it, this is children's music that we listened to. Not that he only made children's music, because mm-hmm. as we'll get to, there was a period where he did try to make music for adults. But uh, it was it felt insane to listen to. And I was uh, not unlike Tommy in kind of a weird situation today where we have, it's, it's very cold in New York right now. And uh, there's there was just full air blowing into our apartment we couldn't figure out why and so we had to call the landlord and he came in and he's this guy's an asshole i just don't like him he comes every time he comes in he's like do i need a mask or whatever and we're like yeah yeah yes and uh he looks at my it turns out our windows weren't sealed all the way or something and uh i'm listening to this music while he's uh (laughs) while he's in here and then uh, I'm just like, I'm boiling and he's like, what is this? And then he sees my mic and stuff and he's like, uh, and I, t- I tweeted about this today, but it's true. He was like, what is the, the microphone? He's like, is it for a podcast? And I was like, yeah, a podcast. He goes, why do you have a podcast for yourself? And I was like, what a weird what? thing to say. And what a weird, what is that? I know. And I didn't really have a good response for him. I was just like, nah, it's like, cause you don't want to explain your podcast to your fucking landlord. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> you know what? Yourself? I need, I need you guys to get on the Patreon so that I feel like I more confident when, uh, explaining the podcast to this man. And by the way, I want to plug this on the main feed. We've been doing a thing on the, uh, on the podcast on the Patreon where if you're, there's a new tier on the Patreon. Where you can be a guest on the show, uh, if you if you're on the Patreon, on the Patreon, on the Patreon <laughs> very, show, very don't guy. you don't you even dare dream of being on the main feed, you <laughs> sick fucks. Um, but you can be a guest on the Patreon if you uh, if you join that tier. So get on over there, Patreon.com/slash Stand By Your Band, and uh, it's three dollars a month for a bonus episode every week. So get on over there; it's been a good time. Yeah. Um, I, that's say, a I feel like the idea of asking if you're doing a podcast for yourself does make me think. Although I don't know that this is how I framed it. Like, like, are you? Is this something from which you derive personal and internal pleasure <laughs> or like joy? But. Um, no, I think what he was picturing, I think the way he was picturing it is that I sit here and record an hour long podcast and then immediately I listen to that podcast <laughs> and I go, this is the best podcast in the world. This guy's great. Entering in the codes from the ads. <laughs> right. And then you read it. I joined my own Patreon. <laughs> I'm just giving myself. Oh, I can be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh man, 
Yeah, Rafi, uh, born in Egypt, moved to Canada, and mm-hmm. is Armenian, which was, uh, I did not, I only knew one of them. I knew he was from Canada. I didn't know the other two, so I thought that was an interesting And he gets his that. sushi from 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> That's a little day and night in humor for the listeners. Um, we shouldn't even say his name because uh, he might, he might, he might listen. But uh, I didn't, I didn't grow up with uh, with Raffy. Uh, I'm assuming that you did, and that you did not recently get into him, Brittany. Is that right, Brittany? Yes. Um, <laughs> although you know, it's been a dark year. Um, I, I did get. I I did grow up on Raffy. Yeah, my parents were. Or like, uh, yeah, I, my parents were of that variety of parents that like uh, finds whatever crunchy mm-hmm. children's folk song is available and plays it for us to shut up or try to focus or center. <laughs> so, yeah, I've grown up on Rafi in act in a pretty major way, and then I've worked with kids for a long time, oh, like yeah. for probably the latter part of the past decade i've worked in different job capacities with kids like in a different education mm-hmm. what do you think Context? the best kids of the decade were I'm sorry <laughs> the yeah. best kids of the decade mm-hmm. yeah wait are you asking i, like I wanted what? a list like a yeah like a top, top five, five kids, kids of the decade what? oh my god actually i have a response like are you asking me of the past decade of my professional history like what are the best kids like you know there, there was all those lists at the end of the decade like best movies of the yeah best movies. this is yeah. just best okay, kids okay. so that's so, up for your interpretation it sounds like a little bit <laughs> okay so there was one i have like a whole list <laughs> one of the i'm gonna the first the tommy top. don't ask for their addresses all right <laughs> oh my <God>. i know <laughs> also don't tell hr of my current job i work at a school but um no so a uh, best group of kids was like I worked at this Abraham Lincoln Museum in DC for a long time. Oh. And one t- and they had a lot of school groups visit sometimes from uh other parts of the country, right? Or often. And like and it would really be all over the political cultural map like I remember like a really trumpy Corpus Christi 8th grade group. They were not uh they were very nice, but they were not anyway, the best kids. And that was like they were very memorable. It was a small like schoolhouse of different age kids from like bumfuck alaska and they came and they knew a lot about abraham lincoln and i was really fascinated by that because i was just like what is it's so interesting that like lincoln and like all that stuff that has to do with this history on like this part of the country is still like so central to curriculum in the north and like the northern pacific so anyway they're best kids i worked for a while at a school that uh that the obama daughters went to and it was like a very kumbaya quaker school uh and that was when i was still living in dc and then those kids were great um and then currently i think like the best kid is this one named um well i want well yeah there's a (laughs) uh let's just say she's a, she's in the butterfly classroom shout out nice. <laughs> she's listening <laughs> Friend of I, when i was growing up they put me in the butterface classroom <laughs> why do they have this yeah i mean it seemed fucked up but it did i mean it did teach us a lot about the real world i do want to ask when you went when you uh were at that school with the the uh the obama kids did ever like for show and tell they maybe bring in uh, Barack Obama's birth certificate or? Um... 
I just am trying to find some information. <laughs> That's really well. Actually, like what's funny is that they were older when I was working there, right? So one time I was like in the middle school, and there was just this. Um, you know when you walk, you know, remember in school? Okay, if your school had like an art class, and then they would display the, your kids' like shitty art. Sure. So Sasha Obama's like she made like a bumblebee a thing like a bumblebee colored honeypot mm-hmm. and it was on display and i thought it was kind of funny because it was like so clearly on display because of yeah so I, that was like my little taste of sasha and then i once saw um, <laughs> malia like, my little my little snack sorry <laughs> okay, um actually that, okay anyway and so the other malia i saw like walking around the upper school but i had this experience but all the kids there were like, um, a lot of them were, their parents were in diplomacy or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and so, uh, or like uh, whatever was sort of going down in Washington. So uh, one girl who was a third grader, her name is Della Carney, and my last name is Carney. Ah. And she was like blonde and blue eyed. And we had this joke whenever I subbed for that class that I, that we were cousins. <laughs> and And then... One day, their other teacher, their like main teacher, was like, "Do you know that that's the daughter of Jay Carney, Obama's press secretary?" And I was like, "Oh, no! Uh, wow. Now I know what I've signed up for." So, <laughs> honestly, their show and tells was just like what their dads did. <laughs> nice. I wish I had a dad. And with <laughs> that, you play Raffi, by the way. That's a good question. When you are working, no, but the many school? songs that Raffi sang and we associate with him personally, I have sung in. Uh, my last last year I taught preschool full time at my school. And so some of the options that I've shared with you to discuss today are ones that I sang a lot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, shall we listen to a song? I think we should jump into one. Um, did you send these in any particular order you'd like to hear? I do want to point out there is, I, I did ask you for, I believe I asked you for six songs. You did send seven. So on, (laughs) on the fly, Uh, I'm going to say something here, which is that I thought I miscounted and I thought I only had five. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I listen to Raffi a lot, but it didn't help my quantitative reasoning. (laughs) That is so funny. No, you said seven, which was was a lot of Raffi. Uh, We played a quarantine song at some point, too. Yes, yes. Because he wrote a quarantining song. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm down for whatever you want to dive into. And if you want to, you know, exclude one. I, I'm fully sure. here for that. The only one like that I'm looking at that on the fly, if I was to cut, I would say he's got the whole world just because it's like a, it's a cover, you know? Uh, okay. I, I, I feel that. And I agree with that decision. Okay. Let's hear down by the bay. Just to, it. just to start it off. Uh, yes. here is down by the bay. Down by the bay, where the watermelons grow, back to my home, I dare not go, for if I do, my mother will say, did you ever see a goose kissing a moose, down by the bay, down by the bay, where the watermelons grow, back to my home, I dare not go. For if I do, my mother will say, 
Did you ever see a whale with a polka dot tail down by the bay? I'm going to skip forward a little bit here. This is also a cover. Did you ever see llamas eating their pajamas down by the bay? Down by the bay. Did you say this is also a cover? It is. Oh, damn. I thought this was a Rafi original. (laughs) He may have modified it. Uh, He may have Rafi-fied it it (laughs) in his own way. But apparently it was originally written between 1914 and 1918. Not sure why they couldn't be. 1914? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it took all four years to write it. It probably (laughs) did. I mean. First of all, I also also misunderstood. I thought that was a Rafi original. And that year, that chronological frame is really interesting that's like world war one that's exactly what the quote says <laughs> but Raffi described it as being an old song it may have been a world war one song weird interesting yeah Got okay seeing the germans coming up singing that <laughs> scare the shit out of me i I'm, I'm i just i was looking up song facts but i had said found it on amazon and the description of it was funny to me that it's like uh, Raffi's hilarious take on this song, and it's like <laughs> I don't know about all. Yeah, Raffi's hilarious version of this classic song about strange events that happened down by the bay. Um, I gotta tell you, this song is nonsense to me. This guy's talking nonsense. out of both sides of his mouth. I don't get I it. I have a lot of, I have a lot of feelings about the song. Were you gonna play more, or were you gonna of that song? Like- yeah, but you don't have to. I'm just asking if I interrupted. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. You didn't interrupt. You're good. You're good. Uh, um, okay, I don't mean to step on your words, friends. So, um, uh, yeah, I like this song a lot. I like that one. It's like a f- grid. Okay, I think the song is sort of like a grid or framework into which you can plug rhymes, right? Because it just has to be like, have you ever mm-hmm. seen a... Or have you ever whatever verb blank like blah 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 blank and that's really fun Mm -hmm. and then also you know it opens up a world of opportunities i also forever am obsessed and contemplating like um where the watermelons grow like and then like okay where do watermelons grow and like what does it have to do with the song and then also the thing about um my i dare not go for my mother would say Mm -hmm. Is really funny to me because it's like, um, I feel like you know across the country, kids sing the song with no regard for the setup. It's all about the like little rhymes. Mm-hmm. But because I got really into the song last year and I sang it a lot with my students, I thought about like, what? Well, what's what's the like? Why? What's so bad about your mom saying that? And yeah, the relationship here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the mom is really mean when she's saying these things. <laughs> and if you don't answer her right, she does uh, hurt you. I think that that's what's implied here. Um, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. It's like, uh, also, what kind of weird ass questions are these? Why would you, why would you have seen these things? I don't. I don't. I think this mom is on some sort of pills. Have you ever seen a goose kissing a moose? So my relationship to this song recently is that like i so last year i taught the grasshoppers and i came up with a version where um the rhymes were like each kid's name like doing something that rhymed so it was like have you ever seen twyla slicing papaya or like um have you ever seen a castle shaking his tassel or have you ever seen um 
Leo say, Esta muy frío. And so I like had a lot of, and we call it, they called it the friend song because it was just their name. And then the most humiliating experience that happened this school year is that I came back and I was like first assigned with this class of four-year-olds. And I decided having just met them that week that I would try to sing down by the bay with their names. And I like worked hard one night to come up with all of them. Mm-hmm. And they, I bombed so hard. They just <laughs> stared at me. <laughs> like whether they were like, what is the song? Why do you know our names? <laughs> like, what what is what does this mean it was so interesting it was like um it kind of shamed me from actually trying that ever again <laughs> but um yeah i don't know i i like that i like down by the bay that's a, i mean it's a it's a catchy song for sure i do want to say i found uh so this was on his uh best of album that's on amazon and i was just looking at reviews okay. of that album and uh it didn't get anything below three stars which is pretty good but uh, the three star ones, uh, this one says disappointed. Not sure how this is considered the best of Raffi. <laughs> <And then laughs> the one that really got me is it just says three stars and then it says don't know what to say. <laughs> don't know. That's all they wrote is don't know what to say. Just That's three stars. That's the mother from the song. <laughs> <laughs> For once, she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> Uh, we should. Uh, did you guys grow up on this song? Like, did you hear? Did you remember? It sounds school? super familiar, mm. so I must have heard it when I was really young. But I, I would not have known it by name. For sure, there was only one song that I really recognized from this. I think I could be wrong. That I like, it just sounded very familiar. Maybe I heard a different version of it, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But before we do that, I think we should take a quick break because we have a segment we need to get to where we hear from our friend and foe of the show, Jared Thompson. Uh, the owner of the comedy attic. We'll be right back with more Stand By Your Band. All right, we're back with some more Stand By Your Band. We have a regular segment to get to. You know it, you love it. It's from our friend and foe of the show, Jared Thompson, the owner of the comedy attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, where you can see a friend of the show, Connor Delahanty, yeah. headlining this weekend. Uh, I'm going to do it over Woo-hoo. Zoom. You can do that. So uh, get tickets at ComedyAddict.com. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud of our baby boy, Con, con Man, uh, Delahanty. Uh, all right, let's hear what Jared said. I know what's funny is right off the bat, I'll tell you, Jared was like, oh, this is going to be one where nobody has any, like no, there won't be any comments or whatever. And I was on the phone with him and I was like, Jared, this thing is blowing up. People <laughs> are all are commenting up a storm. So I'm curious what he'll have to say. I know he listened to a lot of it yesterday. So let's hear what Jared has to say. What's up, y'all? It's this week's I went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending Raffi. Um, so one of the things I like to do to sort of needle a guest every now and again is say that some type of music is for children. And in this case, it's not a cut down. It actually is for children. And what's really crazy is that I, in sort of going back over Raffi, I didn't realize how many of the songs that I knew from when I was younger and also how great his voice is and actually how interesting the some of the music is. And it's honestly, there are so many artists that are considered like famous and good that I would way rather listen to this, honestly. So, um, 
you know, I'm probably never going to choose to listen to to this, especially because my kids are probably too old for it now. But certainly it has a purpose and there's something very soothing about it in a lot of ways. And like a lot of it actually is is pretty good. So um, I'm going to be really interested to hear this episode because I would assume that whoever is uh, d- defending him must know quite a bit about it so maybe we'll learn some things so anyway all right thanks a lot all right shocking that is a uh very different uh thing that i was expecting to hear based on our conversation but he must have listened right after and then that is uh mind blown i gotta say i came here today feeling like graced for the worst but he warmed and pleased me (laughs) (laughs) we know that was like a like he kind of uh he like connected it's i think he connected with like how it's actually pretty interesting music and i think when you listen to it it is you're like oh this person's talented and it's soothing and it's like kind of a what do you call like the the like it's like structurally not shitty like yeah. i feel like a lot of kids music is just really shrill mm-hmm. and um silly and raffi i think is silly but there's like heart mm-hmm. there definitely company. is he cares a lot and he seems like a great guy he's a he's a big bernie guy and he's like uh oh yeah he, he calls himself that. apolitical but then he's like a big environmentalist and stuff and that was okay. why he that was part of why he shifted gears in the 90s to try to become an adult it's it's kind of sad because it's like he he wanted to stop making music for kids because he was like i'm gonna lean into this message i'm trying to do and he wanted to make adult contemporary stuff and he couldn't get any airplay on mtv and it really pissed him off and made him bitter and uh for a little while then he came back but he he had some time where he was like he didn't want to make environmental music for kids because he was like this isn't their problem like this is this is Uh our problem like it's it's adults that need to fix it and uh and yeah, he was not respected in the in the adult music world, and I think that that gets tough. But well, that's how he started too. Is he started yes. as like a coffee house folk musician, like a Lewin Davis kind yeah. of guy, um, and he was doing a lot of covers and stuff. Yeah, and then he got a gig in a classroom, and it became a regular gig. He like killed it right off the bat, and uh, his wife, I think, was a kindergarten teacher, or, or she worked with kids in some capacity, and gave him the advice to just keep it simple, and, uh, and you know, not get too crazy, and, uh, and he had a lot of fun with it, and his quote about it is that he likes performing in front of kids because they're attentive, and they, they care that he's there instead of a room full of uh, drunks. Um <laughs> Which is also, uh, maybe well, maybe I'll switch to stand up for kids because for kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right because the other thing like even the idea of doing stand up for kids and also thinking about Rafi and trying to imagine being in his shoes as he connected with kids that one fateful day in a, a was it a Toronto classroom yeah or something um, you know I think kids can really if you're like a bullshitter or mm-hmm. if you're fake or if you're scared. I think they are extremely intuitive about that. True. And so not only were they attentive, they were like, like kids 
don't want to pay attention unless like they're, they're not even concerned with adult niceties about like, oh, OK, yeah, let me clap right. this like mm-hmm. coffee house performer. <laughs> you know, they're actually engaged. And I I feel like um, that, that's merit, like props to him for that. Yeah, no, that's true. It's I think like whenever there's kids in the audience at a show you're doing, Part of me is like, I get really anxious about it. And part of it is that, uh, obviously, I don't want to say certain things around them. But I kind of shed that over the summer. I was kind of like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And if these, because it was like in the park. And I was like, these Didn't kids. Did you have a really wacky, like, experience? I had a few where I, there was one where it was truly like three year olds or somebody that walked <laughs> up during my set and just sat up front. And I said, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. And they were loving it. <laughs> but then their parents took them away. But. That was uh yeah when but and then they you, asked you to perform at their birthday party exactly <laughs> yes in for in but full as Elsa yes <laughs> as Elsa did you say yes. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it was uh yeah there's something about they're gonna see through like any any kind of bullshit so you really have to be extra silly and genuine with them and they can tell when you're trying to talk to them like they're children and. They're like, oh, yeah. this is bullshit. So it's like, I like kind of just talking to them like they're people. And uh, it's it's pretty fun. But it's, it. I thinking when I was reading about him going to that classroom, I was like, God, that would stress me out so much to have to play for kids who might just go fuck this guy and start <laughs> saying mean things to you because they'll do that. Because they're, ki- yeah, they're so frank. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, and I'm sure... I'm sure for like him, even and like many people, that kind of realization that, oh, maybe you should go through this children's music path is like kind of demoralizing or humiliating, right? Because you're trying to be like an adult, uh, Mm -hmm. talented person in the world. But I think like, one, I really think kids are so funny. Like they're Mm -hmm. actually, you know, it's just like really their sense of humor and what they tap into is really, really raw. And yeah they like like I, I not only that like i think that he figured out how to sing and speak to kids in a way that sees them as intellectual mm-hmm. equals as opposed to like a little shit that you put in the corner yeah <laughs> true <laughs> uh let's let's listen to some more raffi uh we we should uh start getting to few of these songs so this one's big this this next one is a a staple of raffi and one that uh is very dear to him because it's about a real uh character in his life this is baby beluga uh which is part of what fueled his uh his activism is a beluga whale that he fell in love with and uh i hope uh that whale is doing all right but who knows here's baby beluga Is the water warm 
Is your mama home with you so happy? Way down yonder where the dolphins play, where you dive and splash all day. Waves rolling and the waves roll out. See the water squirting out of your spout. Baby beluga, oh baby beluga. Baby beluga. You haven't? No, I loved it. This is a Rafi classic. Yeah, I love it. I remember that from my childhood. I like the harmonies. I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it is very pleasing. Yeah, it's a bop for real. <laughs> he did kind uh, of start the baby movement. Like the, the like, right? I'm going to make this a baby beluga instead of a regular one because uh, kids will think that's cool. And it's and true. And then the Muppet Babies. They, they ripped off from him. And uh, he won a lot of money in that lawsuit. <laughs> yeah um is your mama home damn mm-hmm. that's really that line is cutting because <laughs> <laughs> you go you go why wouldn't his mom be home oh maybe she's sick from pollution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could be when raffi said is your mama home i felt that <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a whole mood <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you just imagine like a like a little beluga with big eyelashes because that's like what they do in animation to communicate that it's a young version of whatever <laughs> like lost in the sea, lost at sea. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I guess yeah, that is and isn't that's Rafi original, right? I believe so. Yeah, he he yeah. really did. He was like obsessed with this beluga whale. And wanted to sing about it, and then made it about a a baby beluga. So yeah, that that is a Raffi original, um, and and great. I like it. I liked that one a lot. Me too. I like the setup. I mean, I, mean, I like the little like um, what's that musically what it's called before the lyrics start. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you got it. <laughs> the introduction the beginning. <laughs> I did really like Tom's introduction, which was, I hope that whale is doing all right. And I just kept picturing someone saying that as like a real radio DJ before playing any other song. <laughs> well, I hope that whale is doing all right. Anyways, here's Imagine Dragons. And, <laughs> uh, and I, I guess hope. one of my last takes on that song is like, as opposed to something that you sing together, at circle time i feel like that's a that's that's a jam that you just sort of you switch on and you're like okay kids be quiet and draw you know yeah sorry i was just thinking and i hope annie is okay um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think uh let's let's keep cruising through these songs because yeah. uh they are they're great and I want to keep them fresh. Oh, this one already started. Shake my sillies out. Oh, I do want to say don't try this at home. I gotta jump, jump, jump my jiggles out, jump, jump, jump my jiggles out, jump, jump, jump my jiggles out and wiggle my waggles away. I gotta yawn, yawn, yawn my sleepies out, yawn, yawn, yawn my sleepies out, yawn, yawn, yawn my sleepies out and wiggle my waggles away. I gotta shake, shake, shake my sillies out, shake, shake, shake my sillies out, shake, shake, shake my sillies out and wiggle my waggles away. And 
There you go. I do want to yeah. say I don't think that's yeah I don't think that's good advice. I think if you you shouldn't be stomping your crazies out, you got to see a therapist. <laughs> well, um, can I counter your argument? <laughs> I suppose. Um, okay, so I think that actually the core of this song is like get tuckered out, get everything out, and mm-hmm. go to sleep. You know, so mommy and I can have a drink. Like, mm. and for me, that song is about just like shake, like actually get tired, like run around, be silly, uh, safely, socially distanced, so that we don't have to, social, <laughs> so that we don't have to like deal with you. So I, I like that. I like the. Uh, for me, that's like the driving force behind those lyrics. It's a practical song, right? Yeah, and you know. Uh, okay, so wait, 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 but Tom, Tom, uh, Tom, sorry. Uh, once Thomas, now then Tom. Uh, what? <laughs> why don't you feel those are good? That's good advice. I think that uh, things like your sillies. I think you got to keep them in. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> okay. keep those in. And you become Joker. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> dra- he's dancing, shaking on the stairs. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think uh, I think he said I can't remember what he says he's got to do to get his crazies out, but I think it was like uh, shake or stomp or something. And uh, yeah, I think you need medication, buddy. I, I don't think that's on you. I think uh, <laughs> kill some finance bros. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta buy GameStop. Yeah, my crazies maybe that's out. just like how people treated ADHD in the early nineties. <laughs> um, the guy in a lab coat being like, "Have you tried shaking the silly?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, any medical problem, they did try that first. They were like... <laughs> to wiggle your waggles out. <laughs> they are like, uh, I see that you've been trying to wiggle your waggles out, but maybe you could do that with the virus also, <laughs> maybe while you're at it. Uh, yeah, that's that was old school medicine. That, they, that was always the first line. It was like how when you call IT, they're like unplug and plug back in, whatever you got. This was what they had uh, for medicine in the 70s. And then it's bloodletting with leeches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Plan B. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear, this next song is by far my favorite. I really liked okay. it. And it's, uh, I listened to it multiple times today. And it, it's one that I think would make you feel the craziest. But I, I had a, a great time listening to it. And it was uh, Banana Phone. Let's hear some of Banana Phone.
It's a real life mama and papa phone, a brother and sister and a dog a phone, a grandpa phone and a grandma phone too. Oh yeah, my cellular bananular phone, banana phone, ring ring ring. It's a phone with a peel. Banana phone, ring ring ring. Now you can have your phone and eat it too. Banana phone. That's just a great song. Yeah, that's a swinging good time. That's fun. Love the line. (laughs) I love you can have your phone and eat it too. Yes, great. Because it reminds me of the thing I've been working on, which is a phone that uh, is edible. (laughs) And I I think we're close. I think um, a phone made out of tofu, I think that's a good option. I mean, it's already in kind of the shape, like a brick or whatever. I think we yeah. can get there. Three yeah. apples from now. I I think that yeah, Apple also, phone. It's Apple. right there. <laughs> this is actually about like Apple's like, you know that like planned obsolescence mm-hmm. idea that like the phones break, so you have to get new ones. So I like think that one. There's nothing funnier than holding something is really funny to me about holding up a banana to your ear as a telephone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, always funny. Oh, always believe funny. me. In, in any scenario, I really it's do. A great bit. Great bit. Transcends cultures, mm-hmm. languages, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like jazzy. That song. It's great. That was my favorite song on the playlist. Uh, not to you know get ahead of it because we have a few more here, but I just re- um, I really liked that one. That one. Uh, it just had everything I wanted. I liked uh, the cellular, uh, bananular, or whatever. Yep. <laughs> he threw a lot of nonsense in there, and I was there for it. I was here for it, honey. Um, I I really liked it. Banana uh, it's phone. also the song that uh, when I told my mom on the phone that I was going to be on a podcast and talk about Rafi, she started singing that. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, people that were born in Eisenhower years liked it. Um <laughs> How did they know what cellular phones were going to be like back then? <laughs> Blew my mind. He pre- he predicted the future. She um, was in Japan. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah you're right. That line. That line. That, you're right. That line is like quite. Mo- it's like tech avant garde. Yeah. What year is this song from? I was wondering that when I, I listened know. to it, and I did not think to look it up because I was like, this sounds like it's not that long ago but it must be uh he wrote it for black mirror for kids which was a (laughs) short-lived series (laughs) very short-lived i mean i love the idea of black mirror like the like the what do you call the font but just like in comic sans or something (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see here banana phone uh where's how do I? There's no information on uh. What, oh wait, when did Banana Phone come out? 1994. Mm. Damn, that that was still ahead okay. of the game. Because yeah. cell phones were. I mean, they had like car phones, I guess. But were cell phones a thing then? I don't know. How old? I was six. Yeah, I was seven, so I would remember. But uh, I no, think, I, like. Yeah, I don't know. Even those brick, those like brick looking phones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people had them readily then, right? I don't know. I remember like in, in movies seeing those type of phones around then, like the brick ones, but. Right. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, maybe he was, uh, he might have been ahead of the time. I don't know. 
I don't know, but uh, let's go ahead and hear the last two songs here. We've got Five Little Frogs up next. Let's hear it. Okay. On a hot, hot day in July, five green and speckled frogs sat on a speckled log eating some most delicious bugs. Yum, yum. One jumped into the pool where it was nice and cool. Then there were four green speckled frogs. Goop, goop. Four green and speckled frogs sat on a speckled log eating some most delicious bugs. Yeah, you guys can see where this is going. <laughs> All those frogs are going to disappear. And I, I think it's a metaphor for death, personally. Uh, don't press is, me on what, that. Um, it's like in the it's it's in the like death and dying curriculum for pre-K. Um, I <laughs> like this song, honestly. Honestly, I think this is my favorite song of the bunch. Whoa! Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is interesting. And, uh, I grew up on that song, but also I had a really intense and formative time singing that song for this past year that I've been teaching preschool mm-hmm. because. Um, we'd sing it together and we were doing a unit on frogs where we explore different facets of ah. frog life. And so then we like sang the song and you can get really physical with it sure. because you can like hold. And so we had all these like frog models, like little frog toys. So you could physically knock frogs off of like a log and put them ah. in the pool. That's fun. Until, yeah. Until there's no more. And then you can dramatize how they're eating insects, like yum yum. You can dramatize the glub glub. Yeah, no, this is a good one because you don't need any instruments too. No, you don't. And you can I sort of pulled out of your pocket. One weird thing. So this album is singable songs for the very young, and it says great with a peanut butter sandwich. And I listened to the whole album, and right before this track starts. Raffi goes, uh, fuck a beat, I'll go acapella. <laughs> and then it just starts this. And I was like, that is really out of character, but it were it was pretty sick. There was a in my seventh grade science fair, um, so science fair you have to do like a, a project and you have to, you know, take all this data of like how it goes in different times. And this one girl, uh, instead of doing that, she just showed up with a big poster board that just said frog facts and had all these facts about frogs from like, 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 like Wikipedia style facts. Damn. I it was very- Did she get a good grade? Because in that no. case, I'd say that'd be science unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I did hate that song, but let's keep going. Uh, you hate that song? Well, I'd never, I didn't know it before. And uh, when you're shoveling snow, an acapella song about frogs is just not going to help you out. It's, it's not like getting the job done. Okay. This was the one where I think I was just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So neither of you grew up on this. No, 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 no. And frankly, too many frogs. Cut this bad boy down to three. Because by the third one, we're like, I see where this is going. And then. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair, even for like kids who are learning how to count. Mm, yeah, I mean, and I and I'm one of them, but it's like I get it. It's like I'm uh, yeah. numerically illiterate, uh, and everybody knows that. I I, I know that. numbers, but I don't know the order they go in. But uh, yeah, I heard this, and I was like, "Look, I'm not even interested in where this." Is I going. hear you, and I like understand that. I understand that critique, and I'll 
take it and process it for later. <laughs> yeah, you work on that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think physically and experientially, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm still going to say my favorite of the bunch because also it's a way to get kids to like um, shut up and pay attention. And honestly, I think what you're missing here, Tom, is that um, kids, the second they learn how to count, mm-hmm. it's like the only thing they care about. Right, right. It's like when somebody goes vegan, it's like that's all they want to talk about. Is <laughs> yeah, like, they uh, talk actually, about... actually, I know numbers, so how's that factor into this conversation? And it's like, totally. all right, can we go one day without talking about your fucking numbers? I'd um, like to hear a Stan Rogers cover of that. That would be good. Shanty, yeah. yeah. Stan, Ro- Stan Rogers could probably handle a lot of these, I think. <laughs> uh, he could probably do some heavy lifting with uh, this playlist, but... Sadly, he has passed. Let's hear uh, bath time from okay, Raffi. I hope that whale's doing all right. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, you're going to notice the whale comes back to play in this song. Uh, here is bath time. <laughs> I love that. This was my second favorite song on the on the playlist. Okay. I really yeah, liked actually, it. This is one that I did not grow up on that I newly have listened to. This one took me there. I was picturing myself <laughs> in a bath, <laughs> having a nice time, uh, and like a baby whale. I was I was laying in my home, um, and I you know I had a great time. And I think that it is actually a good idea to keep a baby whale in your bathtub because it is there. It's a, it's a proper home for them, and I am doing that. Um, we. You know who I think could handle this song as as opposed to Stan Rogers? Yes. Yes, I do. Here I say, Elton John. Oh, this would I be could hear great that. Elton John. Yeah, cover. I would love that. I think we got to make great it happen. Mark. Hey, internet, do your thing. <laughs> um, we got to make it happen. Great song, though. I really enjoyed that one. I liked the instruments. I liked his voice in it. It's great. Um, and I think Jared was totally right that there is uh, the thing that's nice about him and uh, that I would say I don't think about a lot of children's uh, musicians are his voice is great. I really do yeah. like listening mm-hmm. to it. It's very pleasant. And uh, that's why he can go acapella on that last one. And and uh, and this one it just shines through, and uh, it it made me feel it it brought me peace after the after the sad uh, frog song about the frogs disappearing from the log. You guys really don't like that frog song. Yeah, the frog song sucked. <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> I pop off for that. Song, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was the playlist. We do have uh, some more stuff to get to uh, before we go to the break. I want to bring up a story that I found here because I I didn't find a lot of slip ups in um okay in the career of uh, of Rafi. He seems like a pretty mm-hmm. good guy. There is one thing I found that I thought was pretty interesting here. Which is that he did have a feud. Did you do you know about this feud, Brittany? No, do tell. So the band, uh, the new pornographers, also Canadian, because uh, okay. yeah, they yeah, great band. Uh, this is this was called Canada's biggest beef uh, since <laughs> Louis Riel versus or Louis Riel versus Prime Minister John McDonald. Uh, I don't get that uh, Canadian joke, but there you go. Canadian listeners are howling. That is a that's Canadian. <laughs> Dennis Miller wrote that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, here's the article. This is on the rap dot com. Uh, enduring Canadian indie rock group, the new pornographers have plenty of fans among their music industry peers, but one of the most successful children's entertainers of all time is not among them, at least when it comes to their name. Uh, he saw their name and uh and he tweeted about it uh he 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 quote tweeted someone else saying that they had new porn uh the new pornographers in the studio and he quote tweeted and he said strongly object to that name it's as bad as food porn etc and he put asterisks where porn was to uh because <laughs> he didn't want to say it uh he later added uh that he didn't like it because uh someone else commented food car furniture porn all about uh, fetishizing pornographers create the depiction that is fetishized hardly offensive for a band name and he responded not a word to normalize in public conversations consider youngsters etc now it's funny that he says etc there because i think youngsters is probably the only group he should be worried about there Mm -hmm. like what's the etc what's what's more there um they, uh, A.C. Newman, uh, the frontman for the new por- pornographers, uh, really jumped on this on Twitter. And he says, uh, that face when he quote tweeted Rafi and said, uh, that face when someone whose music you loved as a child says mean things about your life's work. Uh, then he said, actually, I'm not very familiar with Rafi's work. Just sent that tweet to make him feel bad. Always preferred puppet oriented entertainment. He's going in. Then he said, considering my childhood love for puppets, I think Raffi and I both agree that the puppetry of the penis is in bad taste. And he keeps going here. He's then he then he tweets at Raffi. It would mean the world to my son if you could tweet that you don't hate his daddy. Just my band's <laughs> name. Silly misunderstanding. <laughs> then he said in quotes, uh, he goes, maybe Raffi can't tweet to you because he's playing a concert. I say to my son, a lie, but I want to protect him from this cruel world. <laughs> and he says, have no hard feelings against Raffi. I just need him to write a tweet to my son saying, Aiden, I don't think your father is a bad man. Uh, and then he uh, found an, uh, an album that Raffi put out called Adult Entertainment. And he posted that and he said, you can use whatever euphemisms you want, uh, but let me say this, it sickens me, Raffi. <laughs> and then uh, then he says, in Raffi's defense, adult entertainment was probably meant ironically, but still, kids don't know that. It was marketed to kids. Uh, then Raffi followed him and he posted, the hunter has become the hunted. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then uh, Raffi said, uh, he wrote... Um, 
Let's see. Oh, he so then Raffy gave a, a statement to Pitchfork where he apologized and said, uh, in a fleeting moment, I reacted to a word which I wrote about in my book, Light Web, Dark Web. My tweet was without context on a gig night. Uh, not cool. I apologize. Meant no disrespect to the band, its music, or its fans. Raffy. And so, uh, and then, uh, so the guy said, uh, that it was all, that it was all good, but pretty crazy that he, uh, this, this thing with him and the new pornographers, and that's about uh, as dramatic as it gets for him. It's a very Canadian feud also, where it's based off a misunderstanding and easily resolved. (laughs) So quickly, it was fine. (laughs) I I do have to say, I looked up adult entertainment. And Raffi on that album covers Stan Rogers. So Stan Rogers <gasps> band fans of the Stan wow. Rogers Tribury episode will be shocked to know that is crossover crazy. here. Crazy. That is good to know. That's uh probably our <laughs> listeners are the only ones interested in that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and only some of them. <laughs> yeah, oh so few. <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh, that and then the article I found that I sent you from the Washington Post here that was from nineteen ninety two. Uh where it just talks about the downfall. It's like Raffi's sad times. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's uh, his wife left him and he said he didn't want to have kids because <laughs> he didn't want to bring them into this cruel world or whatever. <laughs> it's like that. Then he's fine. But he just is somebody who cares a lot about uh, the environment, which is uh, which is cool. Um, but yeah, he wanted to step away. He also like people like him for st- stuff like he turned down Madison Square Garden because he didn't think it would be a fun experience for kids to watch him like that. Oh yeah, I heard that. Um, yeah, I he's... also think there's something um, poetic about the fact that Raffi doesn't have kids. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah. he was like, yeah, I don't have any problem with doing this, and he's like, he's, I think he said like, I don't have any problem like offering parental advice or whatever to people because he's like. He's pretty outspoken about this stuff, which makes sense because it's its field. But it, he's like very anti-TV and stuff like that because he's like screens uh, are bad for kids. Um, but yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he it says he has been in therapy to deal with his inner wounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems like uh, like he went through a pretty sad time. But then, yeah, he put out some uh, more recent stuff. He put out a, a Bernie song. He wanted to be part of the Bernie campaign with uh with his song about democracy but i don't think uh bernie commented and tommy you found a <laughs> oh, yes yeah, yeah. We play this before let's play that before we go to the break and uh yeah so just to yeah to set the table here uh past guest of one of our worst episodes ari finling <laughs> i mean i'd say our worst episode <laughs> what Top two. <laughs> so he said have you heard Rafi's quarantine song and i said no and he sent me uh, i found an article about it and what's very funny about this article to me is he made this song about quarantining for kids and he does it in a Bob Dylan impression, Yes, uh, oh. which I which I have no problem with. But what's so funny about the article is the article never mentions that in the writing. I know. <laughs> and it's like, it made me feel like I was going insane. Like, are they going to talk about the fact that it's a very clear Bob Dylan impression? It's so obviously a Bob Dylan impression. Yeah. Well, it's called Dylan Sings Quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the song. Uh, I'll play it right now. Quarantine, quarantine, many of us are seldom seen. We give our lives to quarantine, someday we'll get it back. Quarantine, quarantine, all account of COVID. 
He does. I I don't think wow. I'm playing it very loudly, but he uh, he does rhyme quarantine with COVID nineteen. With COVID nineteen, pretty good. It's crazy <laughs> that nobody thought to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think like that kind of thing. It's like he's in his golden years. Let him have it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good impression too. Quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, all right, we have one last. Uh, right, no, sorry, we have two segments left, but we got to take a break before we hear from the fans of the show what they have to say about Raffi. And there was a lot, so I'm excited to get to it. We'll be right back with more Stand by Your Band. All right, we're back for the final stretch of Stand by Your Band. Like I said, we have a lot of comments today. I was kind of surprised. Uh, and when I, I, this is one of those rare times where Jared called me when I sent him who we were talking about, and he was like, nobody is going to know who this even is. And he called you to tell you that? He called me to tell me that, and uh, <laughs> I, he couldn't have been more wrong no. because so many comments on this thing, and also a lot of people were just excited that we were doing it. A lot of, a lot of likes on this bad boy. But before we get to the All Facebook, right. as we always do, we're going to go to the Patreon first because if you're a Patreon subscriber... Your thoughts get frontlined. You get you get streamlined straight to the front of the line, and uh, you're guaranteed to have your comment read. So, uh, the first one here is from uh, Michael Stell, who says, uh, "My third favorite Canadian after Dave Shumka, Graham Clark, uh, who Graham Clark, guest of the show. Uh, we got to get uh, Dave on here too. But there's the stop podcasting yourself, guys. If you haven't heard that podcast, check it out." Uh, it's a great time. I was on an episode a few years ago. It's a, it's a very fun show. Uh, he says, can't even step on the piano solo and banana phone. Uh, not to mention the fact that his entire catalog is soothing and pleasant, which we all could use a little more of true. Uh, Ron Trimbath says, LOL. I literally said, uh, this has got to be another Canadian singer. I've never heard of before. Then I Googled him and was even more surprised. <laughs> You all didn't let me down with the Stan the Man Rogers, so I have to give this a shot. Uh, I think you're right, too. Uh, Nick Clerkin says, a true childhood staple for me. Listening back, he is a gifted arranger. Banana phone is super complex and interesting. Jared probably complained about this being peak nostalgia, but he is wrong. It's good. Uh, I mean, I, it is true that it was, uh, you know, for children's stuff, but uh, there you go. Um by the way, somebody wrote this, and I want to read it real fast. Uh, this is just this isn't related to uh, this as much as Stan Rogers. For some reason, Stan Rogers came up twice in the in the messages uh, this week. But uh, Anders uh, McKinnon wrote, uh, "Hey guys, great show! I first found your show when I searched Stan Rogers in my podcast app to see if there were any episodes <laughs> of any podcasts wow. where people talked about Stan after listening to a few <laughs> hours of Canadian folk music. People." T- Talk about am I listened to your episode with Charlie Beery and it was fantastic. So that's a that's a big uh, wreck for that one. But he uh, he said I can't remember which episode, but I think I remember you guys talking about a live battle of bands where someone stood by Stan Rogers. Am I imagining this? If so, whoops! Thanks for putting out an episode. Uh, yeah, whatever. But uh, thank you, Anders. Uh, that was the live from Cincinnati episode, uh, which is on the main feed if you search for it. So that's from uh, we recorded it in November of 2019, I think. But yeah, uh, you'll be able to uh, find it in the i think we probably put it out in december january of of 2020 so uh check that out and that's the episode where someone did stand up and scream at me about stan rogers so have fun with that uh and uh yeah get on the patreon thank you for listening anders that is so funny that someone found us through searching yeah. stan rogers 
Beautiful. And Charlie Beery defended him on that too. So he did a great job. Of course he did. Of course he defended him. <laughs> Who else would fucking do that? Uh, all right. That's it for the, um, for the Patreon, but we also have a ton on Facebook. Did we get you on Twitter? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll read the yeah. Twitter while you pull up the Facebook. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll just read some of these. Nick Procaro said, uh, I'll never forget Baby Beluga. And based on a brief Wikipedia dive, he seems like an incredibly cool guy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Andy Sanchez wrote, That's the parrot from Lion King, right? Uh, Casey Jean wrote, At the start of the pandemic, I did anything I could to make myself feel better, which usually meant revisiting childhood music. So I put on Just Like the Sun and cried into an extra large pizza. Uh, I don't know that song. Do you know that one, Brittany? Which song? Just Like the Sun. Just Like the Sun. I do not. Oh, we'll have to find that. Uh, ran out of friends. Rafi got me through a lot of rough car rides with a cranky toddler. I'd vote him for president. Yes, King. <laughs> and finally, uh, Jerry Stumba said Antifa hero. <laughs> there you go. Uh, on the Facebook, Chad Denick says banana phone slapped, slaps, and will slap in the future. Um, Mike <laughs> O'Keefe says uh, Ann Arbor had a local Raffi that was a couple of middle-aged twins called Jim and I. <laughs> That's very strange. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Another, uh, oh, Lindsay Ray says uh, Baby Beluga is an absolute banger. Jeremy Levenbach says my friends were on vacation with their young daughter a couple of years ago and were walking around to downtown and stumbled upon uh, the town's summer festival. Raffi was a performer and is apparently the kindest man ever. Wow. There you go. Um, Good to know. Let's see here. Rudy Schultz says, a massive influence on my childhood. Dude made some of the best kids music ever made, I think. He really made an effort to make things truly culturally broad and introduce cultural touchstones from around the world to his audience. I only learned that he was a washed-up, unsuccessful mainstream musician that switched to kids music once I became an adult. I always wondered how he felt about that. I assume there's more than one interview out there but uh, where he addresses it, but it, I never looked. He honestly doesn't seem that bitter. He seems like... uh pretty cool honestly about it and he he says he like found this job by accident kind of and i'm sure he wanted to do more adult stuff longer but i mean he seems to understand his audience well and he's a good guy uh adam quaslow says great music to fuck to um <laughs> oh i saw that somebody put a smile uh, like a frown face yeah there's a sad <laughs> face on there yeah 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 uh, Lydia Manning says I sang a Raffi song as my audition piece for a college musical and I did not get cast <laughs> I love that for you Brian Bejesus <laughs> says if anybody has anything negative to say about Raffi they are a bad person um, uh, skip over the frogs part of the show <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nate Fritzen says, saw him in 87 when he was in his prime. The guitar was acoustic, but the show was electric. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my God. I- <laughs> uh, oh, by the way. I love that Nate was also, he must have been like four years old. That's so <laughs> funny. That. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh yeah, the better that didn't Fritz he defeated Marilyn Manson who seems to be under some um, yes, but he also did water. Cherry Pop and Daddy. So That's yeah. right, that was a great <laughs> still one. good in the public. <laughs> they even out. Yep. <laughs> uh, Blake Burkhardt says Robin in the Rain is a very good song. Um, let's see, let's let's find maybe just a a couple more. Uh, 
Yeah, that, I don't know about that one. Da, da, da. Remy Casimir says Canada is still a bop. Mackenzie Carson Sukup says one time I was in a liquor store and they were playing Raffi over the speakers. When I was uh, when I asked about oh, it, the no. cashier told me that uh, people usually finish their shopping faster than uh, when he played it. That's great. Let's see. Da, da, da. Timeless. Uh, he's obsessed with Gary Newman, who wrote Cars. Not a problem, just not something I would have expected. That's Alex Fasella. Uh, okay. Shane Torres says, talk about his work with Daniel Lanoy. Uh, and then he said, serious post. And then uh, Christopher Baker said, he's the writer of The Maker, right? Uh, I don't know who that is, so I'm not going to do that. But um, <laughs> don't tell me what to do ever again, Shane. Um, but yeah, I guess he worked with Daniel Lanois. There was like three names that I've. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that is going to do it for uh, the the peanut gallery. But now it's time for the final portion here, where we rate the 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 playlist. Before we do that, Brittany, you get to give us your final thoughts on Raffi. All right, Raffi, uh, the ultimate and foremost gentle king. You know, <laughs> um, Egyptian born, Armenian bred came to creative fruition in our Lord's Canada. He is an international, international man of mystery and uh, nap time. Um, two other thoughts. He was born in 1948. So he's like three years older than my dad and they could have been friends. Um, and he, you know, really nailed like exploring and creating music for, people who are still figuring out object permanence and ultimately that's what i look for in a musician and mentor so yeah props to rafi beautifully said i do want to say american bread are you talking about lavash um that's an armenian bread joke uh or choreg I just looked up Armenian bread. Armenian currency. Yeah, I I liked this playlist quite a bit. Uh, this was a good time, and it did make me feel somewhat crazy crazy to listen to children's music um, during a stressful sure. time. But uh, I really liked uh, Baby Beluga. I really liked. Uh, Banana phone, I loved obviously. Bath time was great. I'm glad we cut. He's got the whole world because I didn't really like that song, and uh, it was my choice to do that. But I, um, I didn't I love it. Down by the bay was all right. I, I think I'm gonna go with a solid. Uh, I, I don't love shake my sillies out. I don't. You know what it is? I hate the word sillies, and so it just rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, five little frogs, we gave it a lot of guff, but honestly. It's not that bad. I, I, I didn't hate it that much. Thank so you. I'm going to go. Yourself, <laughs> I'm going to go with a solid uh, 4.25 uh, out of six okay. on this one. I think that's pretty good because I did. It, it was very pleasant when it was pleasant. And uh, the ones that annoyed me were barely. They, it wasn't that uh, irritating. So I it, it was a good time. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with a four. I really, really enjoyed Banana Phone and Baby Beluga and Bath Time. You feel so <laughs> bizarre saying this. But uh, I really like Bath Time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'd say Down by the Bay is the fourth. Uh, but yeah, I'd say four out of six. And uh, I'm sorry if a band that the listeners really like, I gave a uh, worse score. <laughs> Music for children. Uh, Brittany, you also, of course, get to rate the playlist. What do you got? I'm going to go with, um, based on my own, uh, my own creation, I'm going to go with a five. Five out of six. All right. Seven. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go high. Actually, I have to, I'm embarrassed to say that uh, before you gave your first rating, I thought that it was one through 10 rating scales. So I was going to be like, okay, 8.9 or like nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm still learning, still learning to uh, process number values. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a five. I'm like, Please with this list some of my favorites of rappies are on it i could go with more rhyming songs about reptiles but mm-hmm. i'll take what i can get <laughs> beautiful all right Amphibians. well <laughs> this was so fun Brittany. is there anything you'd like to promote before we get out of here oh um well you can check out my stuff generally on my instagram uh b-r-i-t-t-a-n-y underscore corn dog and i just have a a little study out on Comedy Central Digital that's yes. now on the platforms. So that's Hell all yeah. on my Instagram. Check that out. It's on if you go to Brittany's Instagram, you can find it. It's also on Comedy Central's stand up YouTube page. So get over there, check that out. Uh Brittany's one of the best. And uh get on the Patreon, people. Three dollars a month, ten percent off if you do the whole year. And uh yeah, it's uh and you can be a guest on the Patreon if you do uh, the right tier, if the price is right, if you feed us that little cash. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tommy, is there anything else you want to plug here? Just check out Emily's car. You can see it anywhere, not in that spot. After amazing work, <laughs> beautiful. That is funny when you're like the thing. The thing I'm most proud of that I did this week is clean the bathroom. So check that out. If you're in my home, you can see how clean the bathroom is. Uh, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Keep it crispy. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.